purposely designed flaws in particular parts. And that's where the marketers are working with the engineers who know how to make things properly if they want to because there are so many sales now in aftermarket products. That's where the big profits come into it. The more parts that you, you have to replace during about four or five years, then the more money you find flowing into the company that designs them. Purpose-built flaws. So yesterday, when all my things were breaking down, this ATV reverse gear just bust off my hand. And I mean literally bust off my hand. Luckily, it was pointing in the right direction to get it back. I, this is what threw went through my head. Plus, they were spraying the bejesus out of the skies above me. I'll be back after these messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Hi. Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix. Just going through a few experiences I've been going through myself over this last weekend. So as I stood there with a bus chainsaw and a, a bus ATV and a whole load of wood up on a hill, I looked up at the sky and there they were, just going to town, some of the heaviest aerial spraying of chemtrails I've ever seen. And the way the wind was blowing, they were becoming boomerang-shaped and just spreading out across the sky in the direction of the wind from this main, this main boomerang above my head. And I thought to myself, we certainly are at the end of an age. There's so much happening, signs in the heavens, right above our heads, and people don't even notice it. They don't notice it because they can't think for themselves, having accepted that the media is there to tell them what to think about. If the media doesn't make a big deal out of anything, then neither will you. Simple as that, that people have succumbed to what Brzezinski and others said they would succumb to, and that was they would hand their ability to reason over to the media. Anything worth knowing, the media will tell you. If your friend tells you the same thing, it's of no import unless it's been on the media. Simple, simple uh, sort of operant conditioning procedures are used on the masses, and never in, a, in history have so many techniques well-studied and tried techniques to be proven true to work being used on so many people at once. A standardized world, standardized education, everything is becoming standardized, including the mindset of the public, who really, really don't ever attain consciousness in their whole lives. If they did attain consciousness by the definition of consciousness, they would see it all and it might even give them a nervous breakdown when they, when they had to go through it to see it all as it really is. When they see that even their own little routines in, in their daily existence are exactly that. They're, they're routines that they go through. The speech patterns they have, the conversations they have are called routines by those at the top that use the scientific techniques to download behavior into us. 
we are so well understood. Breaking through into consciousness entails a complete revaluation of everything. And in ancient times, because this is a very old system that's here, is simply more perfected through the use of the trick of the elect, which is electronics, you see. And in ancient times, they called those who were walking around, but really not aware of what was in front of their faces, they called them the dead. And so you let the dead bury their dead. It's been the same in every generation, only they've never had so many dead people walking around as today. When you go into the philosophers of ancient Greece, who all appeared around you know, 2000 BC onwards, and put up masses of information out on the human condition, the mindset of the, the human beings and their behavior. It's never been explained to anyone where this particular intelligentsia came from or where they got this knowledge. And, and when they even had the, the time to study all of this and do all their teaching and writings. But if you do go into the books deep enough, you'll find that every one of them went to Egypt to be trained in what they called then the mysteries. And the mysteries really are a form of waking up into reality, being taken up and guided. If you're needed at the top, if you have the right stuff, as they call it, the right stuff, and by that I mean the R-I-T-E, right stuff, they, they put them through rituals, and that's where right comes from, the ritual, the right if they can use those particular individuals, they'll put you in the higher degrees, and then you leave Egypt, go back to your native country, or where you're, if you're sent, and you start up a cult, basically. A cult which would bring in the young, that followed particular precepts. They would have codes of silence for maybe a few years, and those who couldn't keep uh, quiet were weeded out. Those who didn't have the ability to, to follow through were weeded out, and the ones who attained their apprenticeships, the sorcerer's apprentice, they were actually trained in higher degrees and mysteries, which is all to do with a future to come where intelligentsia should rule the world by using revolution. And the key to it certainly is revolution. The Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, all of these guys studied in Egypt. Not only Egypt, because the three main centers in the ancient world uh, Plato also went to the Middle East for part of his training after he left Egypt and then even to India. The same old centers of the world, the Trinity, the three main centers. You'll find that Socrates himself was condemned by those who ruled in his time, uh, condemned for corrupting the minds of the youth and carefully laying out a strategy for rebellion that would take over and knock out the old and bring in the new system, a system run by this new intelligentsia who truly believed that they had the right to rule the world. They call themselves the natural aristocracy. However, going deeper into it, you'll find this natural aristocracy already were the wealthy aristocracy of that period. And Plato and others and Socrates were no exceptions to that. But they also on an exoteric level at least, told their students and the world that the reason they had such intelligence was because of their religion. They believed that they were reincarnating into the same family trees 
down through history, down through time. They believed that the reason they understood the mathematics and algebra and geometry and all of these things was because they'd done it all before in previous lives. So the, the old MO, the old MO of the system that we have today was in existence long, long ago. That's why in every new age they bring back the old, which is in fact the new. Figure that one out. They bring back reincarnation. They bring back uh, belief in the stars affecting you. They bring back all the old stuff. And, of course, the tarot cards, which has an esoteric side to it, which is never, ever given to the public, even by the ones who are put out there to push it. These are all methods, in a sense. They're all techniques written in the stars and written in the cards. They're techniques of controlling human behavior and manipulating the masses. That's really what mystery religion was all about. In previous times, they did have, let's say, rebellions in some countries. We will find that um, some of those who left Egypt set up in Crotona, for instance, and uh, had schools set up. They brought in women, too, for the first time and trained them to be the perfect wives who could then manipulate wealthy leaders and change their minds and help the rebellion come along without a hitch. Some of them were caught and executed in the school at Crotona, which was just a, a little outpost of Greece at the time, uh, in Italy, because they had an empire at that time. Uh, Crotona school was burned to the ground, and most of them hunted down. But it didn't stop them. It's going down through the ages with the same system as they move from country to country, accumulate the wealth of the country, and then use standing armies to go out and invade other countries and take over those countries' empire building with the goal eventually to reach a world empire. And it did it through a myriad of sub-cults, all different degrees of them, of Freemasonry as we know it today. The Freemasons at the bottom haven't a clue what it's all about, except they get little payoffs and little exemptions from legalities that everyone else is subjected to, and they take the little cuts, and they also are guaranteed to have business come their way by other Masons. They also take promotions, unmerited favor, quite happily as well. The bigger ones above them are taught the mysteries gradually until they're above the 40th degree because life begins at 40, and they're told some of the truth. These are the characters who end up in the very high bureaucratic state positions within government, the, the departments of foreign offices or the State Department. They know what it's all about, and they also get incredible perks. They also get certain longevity, health care, which you will never see being a member of the masses. That's the world we live in. And all this I was pondering, as I say, when I was up the hill with this bust ATV uh, that was going to haul the wood, the wood down the hill, watching the skies above me being sprayed, and, and probably even feeling the effects of it. Uh, it's amazing what does run through your mind when you're sitting there looking at the disasters around you and above you. That's the world we're living in. We're living in a huge laboratory where everything that happens on a major scale in the world is done in the open, but our perceptions of what we're seeing or hearing are distorted through massive propaganda. 
very good propaganda, perfected propaganda. These sciences should be dug into by the average person who really wants to know what has been happening to themselves and their families and their friends and those around them. You can check into the Technological Society. Excellent book by Jax E. Lull. That's E-L-L-U-L. Who wrote quite a few books for the biggies at the United Nations. He was a, a master of psychology and sociology. And he spells it all out. All the techniques that have been used on us today. He puts it out in the open. Check out that book. You won't regret it. Be back after the following messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows. Fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Hi, folks. Alan Watt back here with Cutting Through the Matrix. Just mentioning a book you should add to your library, which explains an awful lot. And it will show you the in depth understanding of the people at the top and how long ago. They knew all of this, how to control masses and give them a, a, a created personality. The Technological Society by Jax Elul, E-L-L-U-L, will give you a tremendous insight into this. And this character was up there with Bertrand Russell, Aldo Huxley, and others. Uh, Huxley even mentions him in the foreword to a couple of his books. He was a great hero of Jax Elul, who then went on to work for the United Nations. Now, I think we have Rick in California on the line. Are you there, Rick? Hello? Hello. Hi, this is Rick. Yeah. Oh, hi, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad to talk to you. I have, I have so many things. That I have a question to ask, and then, and then I have some, some like news I want to share. I just came back from Senegal, West yep. Africa. Yes. And um, the, the question I have first, though, because you were talking about reincarnation, mm-hmm. and... Um, I have felt like in the past, and I've met other people who have felt like sort of like a feeling that they have been here before in, in a culture that, has, that they have no genetic um, uh, connection to. Like I felt like I've, even though I'm, I'm white, I feel like I've been um, an African in the past, and, and there are certain things and events in my life. And I understand that, there's, there is a, that, there is, that there are beliefs in reincarnation outside of the Hindu system, like that the, the not all of them are elitist and and I'm wondering I wanted to get your take on that what you feel if, if it is a fact or if it's not or well here's here's the whole thing uh, reincarnation remember is part remember reincarnation is made up of, of a couple of words mm. and we already understand the, the importance of the words they're not made for just for for fun uh, so you have re in and you have carnation is a flower carnation is a flower it's like the rose too that's why Jesus rose again Mm. These are high mystery words that were used and inserted into the language that we use every day. Um, there are other reasons for believing uh, or thinking that you've been here before. Um, 
there is a genetic memory, according to some scientists, that's encoded within your genes. doesn't matter what color you are, if you all had the same roots long, long ago, um, or even someone in your family genealogy that had them, you could possibly have genetic memories. Uh, that's a popular um, theory with many scientists, and the theory certainly is just a guess. Mm-hmm. But it's also part of, of the fact that you feel so at home with the people themselves. The reason for that being is you're, if you're with, with people who aren't in the so-called advanced countries, they're still living in a more natural setting and they behave more humanely to each other. And to you, uh, we're used to almost making business contracts in the West. Everything in the, in the West, even marriage with most people, is a form of a business contract. Everything is what can I get from you and for how much. And, mm. uh, and these people who live by survival means even pre-money, uh, they're self-sufficient, etc. They still have more of a natural tendency to treat each other as real, real humans uh, without expecting anything in return. So that reinforces your belief that you feel at home there. Mm. Um, then again, if you go into the other religions, remember, and again, religions are, means that which binds. A religion binds you. That's what it mm. means. It ties your thinking. It ties your whole outlook on life to something. Um, you remember, too, that they also, there's also another belief of some religions uh, in spirits, etc., um, which could also have vast memories that have lived for eons and could be floating around there, as the theory goes. Uh, so, yeah, it's very popular to jump into a religion where it's reincarnation, uh, spirits or demons with uh, memory. Um, mm. But as I say, you'll find most of it comes from the fact that you feel so at home with people who are less vicious than we are ourselves. Ah. Thank you. Um, can I share some news I, I picked up? Yes, sure. Yeah. I looked up but before that, though, why, why don't you mention first, though, because didn't you email me that had, had, uh, some of them had no shoes, but they had cell phones, and there were cell phone towers everywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mention that, will you? Could oh, you yeah. Um, I, I, I saw no visible chemtrails in Senegal, but, but everybody has a mobile phone. And they're really, they've really caught on over there big time, and the rap music is caught on too. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to mention that. And another thing I wanted to mention that was really strange was when I was on the plane flying back, it was the only place who was leaving Africa that it was a Dutch, it was a Brussels Airlines. They said, uh, uh, for health regulations, we have to spray, and um, it, it, we assure you it's completely harmless. And they started spraying in the air, and then suddenly I felt this, this it smelled really bad, like a chemical smell. I said, I want to know what's in that canister. And they said, we assure you it's completely harmless. Huh. And I started to get mad. I said, this is where I become the ugly American. And, 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 and then I felt like I felt, I felt my lungs like I couldn't breathe as well. Uh-huh. And, and all my paranoia, all my you know, alarm bells started going off. And then, um, and then I realized, oh, okay, it's them being racist. They're leaving Africa. And they're, they're like, and, and I also wonder what, 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 uh, what kind of test they're doing us. Like, we're, are we guinea pigs in this, you know? Yeah. And, and we are, we are. Yeah. And people don't ask questions so much when they want to go somewhere or get away or they have to get back yeah. so they can do it, yeah. I'll be back after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Everybody knows. 
on the use of music, and one guy from New York who was experimenting with a new type of what became really jazz, not Dixieland jazz, but the more uh, sort of um, discordant type jazz. And he right. was kidnapped eventually after the Russian Revolution and taken over there because they, the Russians understood the significance of music on the minds of the youth, and, and uh, they worked heavily on this. They came out with the Beatnik era. That was a communist invention where they, they would uh, associate a particular uh, dress code uh, type of music and the use of marijuana for the West and use this kind of um, discordant music, which put you into almost a hypnotic state. Nothing really mattered. Anything would go. And, but it, and it took off really well in Europe, but didn't quite make it for the U.S. and Canada. So they had to go back and uh, revamp it and turn out pop music. Um, now, guys like Martin that worked with the Beatles uh, was really a scientist in acoustics oh. and, uh, and, the, and how it manipulated the mind. If you listen carefully to the, the types of arrangements and so on that were done in that early music, um, it was definitely done not by backstreet musicians, or three-chord wonders, but, but by people who really knew their, their stuff and how to get particular types of emotions attached to the words that they were putting out. Right. Because when you have an emotive attachment to the wording itself, it imprints itself on the mind, the brain, right. and you will never forget it. It will, it will affect your personality, in fact. Yeah. Well, today's producer... The kids that, you know, and I know a lot of these guys out here that are doing the music that, you know, that's out. Okay, the music's not as complicated. It's not as um, thought out. There's a lot of sampling and looping. How is how do they, how does it work now? I mean, it's the same thing. Are these guys aware that the tones that they're using are going to produce a certain response in the, in the or are they just doing, are they just, following a trend, like one producer hears what the sound is. and Yeah, that's right. They, they see what's coming at the top, what's been pushed and promoted it to be number ones in the, in the hit list, and, and they emulate it, thinking that's now in, we'll do something similar, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, Alan, I don't know if you, you, I'm sure you don't keep up with much pop music, but it is getting to the point where it, I, I mean, I'm around young people all the time, and I don't know where it's going to go if, 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 if we don't get to the youth uh, yeah. Soon, these kids are going like, yeah. I hear you talk about you know the microchip in the future and being prepared for it. Mm -hmm. With the mentality that's being bred into the kids today or the children today, they're getting progressively more and more ready for for that because the violence in the music, the, yeah. the aggressiveness in the music, and the whole idea of it's about me, not about you. Mm -hmm. I could care less about community, and it's like all those elements that you talk about. You know, with family being broken down, you know, man and woman, it, it isolates the, chi the child so that the music becomes a friend almost. That's right. It's a friend. And, and, and what, it, what it does, too, and this was uh, talked about a long time ago when they discussed the, they called it the sequencing of music trends, uh, where they would come out with pop, then rock, and again, all Masonic terms, then heavy metal, like right. after a sword, you know, that's what it, it right. refers to. And, and on it went right down to rap, to rap. rap things up. And the judge, of course, and the Masons hit the gavel and right. that starts the session. The so these are all Masonic terms for a sequence. And during the late 80s, when they were creating massive unemployment, they wanted a nihilistic uh, generation. So they came out with uh, basically what was before they gave the word metrosexual males. Suddenly all the groups were metrosexual. 
Yeah, this wailing music, sort of lost music, which was um, very depressing. It was meant to put them in a state of depression. Is that the new wave movement that was going on in England with the whole... Uh, I remember England had this whole new wave where all the guys kind of looked like, you know, kind of feminine or feminine with their look. New, That's right. New romantics or That's right. different subgenres. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been uh, uh, present when... Uh, very older people who are professionals um, pick up pick out people from a, a lineup who've all volunteered. Well, they're all looking for a job as a musician or a group, and they're picked. You, 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 and you are the right size, the right weight, and all the rest of it. The right looks. You're now a group called so and so. You only sing three hits in a row. Here's the songs. Um, you get well paid. You don't tell anybody about it. This is a setup, and they just act out their their. their six months to a year in the hit parade and then they disappear you wouldn't believe the business behind it all at the top and it's not done by just business people at the top uh, I've seen how they, they, they picked the top 10 and top 20s in Britain at the BBC and these were people with tweed suits, women and men uh, in their 50s, sometimes 60s, they had no interest obviously in the particular music except for the psychological effects and the social conditioning that they put, they put through. And they were picking what songs all media in Britain was going to push as number one right up to 20. Wow. Uh, so uh, this is how it really, really is. It's a scientific thing. It's yeah. funny because I heard you talk about this before uh, with Jackie uh, uh, a while back. And you were talking about, you know, rock, the Beatles, and the whole thing. And in my experience, I've seen the same things where a producer will get with an artist an unknown artist, and this artist will have a song written, but the producer will take the song, change the lyrics up, yeah. change the way the arrangements will go, and say, okay, here's how you sing the song. That's right. And, you know, get the co-writing um, credit for it, and the whole idea of what the artist wanted the song to be has been changed now. Absolutely. It happens I, all I, the I time. One I guy, see it all the time. I met one guy who was one of the top rap uh, groups in the States, and he went through the drug scene, the whole thing, and almost killed himself. And then he left it, and he did get religion, which helps a lot of people who are addicted to substances and so on. Right. But he, he said the same thing. He says, we walked into that studio the first time with a, an average song, uh, girls, boys, all that kind of stuff. By the time they'd left the studio and it was recorded, it was kill cops and all this kind of stuff. It completely changed. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Alan, I really appreciate you taking my call. I want to ask you one other question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things you talk about, I'm, I'm very aware of. I've done a lot of studying on my own over the years. And I find that I can't get enough information um, from any other source. So we, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say addicted to, but my, my roommate and I kind of listen to you quite a bit. What steps or what would you point in the direction of finding out more in terms of um, the mystery? I want to find out more about uh, the higher levels of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I'll have to put out a book. Uh, I mean, really, I don't run this as a business. I'm doing it because it's imperative and it's a time factor with me. That's the only problem, doing everything else at the same time. But um, I will be putting out uh, a good book on this which will go through details you haven't heard of before. You understand oh, this world wait. is controlled, and even those who pretend to give you exposés are also controlled. Right. And uh, I'm trying to break through all of that 
do it myself. I and can't I won't wait. Go to a publisher, I'll do it the same way I'm doing it myself. I've been through the Manly P. Halls. I've been through every, I mean, you can name, I've, I've read everything that you've talked about, touched upon. I mean, some of the things is just, wow. It's just, it's so yeah. right on. It's so, and the whole idea of being an individual and, uh, yeah. you just, all I can say is, you know, I hear people calling you the man. I would never call you the man. I would just say for, for a kindred spirit, you're a godsend. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for calling. You got it. Talk to you again. Talk to you again. I think there was Robert in Nevada there. Are you there, Robert? Robert, are you there? Hello. I have uh, three quick questions for you. Uh, number one, uh, there seems to be a pervasive underlying current of uh, the United States being subservient to the uh, United Kingdom. And I was wondering if uh, you feel that uh, will be played out in the uh, uh, economic uh world over the next few years concerning the uh, declining uh, American dollar versus the British pound. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt the U.S., as far as I can make out, <clears throat> really was created as a knight in shining armor with a mission and is fulfilling its mission now. This is the, the mission it was created to fulfill. Uh, Benjamin Franklin talks about it. Uh, he said, we, this, this federation will be the foundation of a federation of the world. It's in his own writings in the diaries of Benjamin Franklin. You can look in the Franklin Institute and find them. His family still keeps, his descendants still keep them. Uh, Jefferson was the same. They wrote openly about the mission of, of the United States. And uh, once that's over, of course, they'll be submerged into the rest of the world. But the whole world, we've got to stop thinking in nations because it's all, they've already gone. They went a long time ago. And even what you have is an elite living in, in England, in London, and an elite living in, in the U.S. and New York and, and California and different places. And they are globalists. They always have been globalists. And uh, even the cultures we have, as I keep saying, were given to us. Even the beliefs in the culture and the, the pride that we have in the culture are given to us. Now it's, they've served their purpose, and now it's time to bring them down. So as the U.S. finishes off its job in the Middle East, it's also to be merged gradually down to uh, not quite the third world standard, but, but almost. And so is Britain and the rest of Europe. Okay, I have uh, two other quick questions. Uh, what are your feelings about a uh, pole shift that so many uh, people mention on the Internet, especially around the, uh, the year 2012? Yeah, well, they love to do this kind of stuff. 2012 is just the big date where the United Nations takes over running over the three uh, trading blocks of the world, the merged trading blocks. Uh, that was discussed a long time ago, and they put out these rumors, always impending catastrophes or something. Believe you me, if it's a man-made disaster, you, you will never hear about it. They will never give you a clue it's going to happen. And uh, uh, we have had pole shifts in the past, but the histories are so ancient and so so confusing, no one can actually say when it exactly happened. We know this because the magnetite of volcanoes, etc., when it comes out, being, being iron, basically, it will point in, the, the, in certain directions. The north poles of those particular little slivers point all fixed. So when it cools, they fixed themselves at where the north pole was. And we know that the north pole at one time was in Siberia, uh, and uh, lots of volcanic dried magnetite all point in that direction. 
So we certainly have the capabilities to do a lot of things through science today, and no doubt if they want to, they will do it. But there's no point in worrying about things which are outside of your control altogether, like a natural disaster, although most disasters today are man-made. Yes, and uh, lastly, uh, what about someone viewing an exit strategy of perhaps getting away from some things that might be coming down the road here uh, politically and culturally and, say, going to a third-world country like the Philippines? Do you know Not much the about the future no. plans for the Philippines? In their- yeah, the, the, the Philippines has been basically kept in a poverty situation since the U.S. first went in there. Um, uh, and I cannot see it getting improved at all. Uh, you can also tell where they have not put manufacturing in to third world countries that those countries are slated for depopulation. Otherwise, believe you me, they'd have massive manufacturing in there with the cheap labor. So when they haven't done that, then it's slated to go down the tubes. It's best to look at somewhere that's, that's partly up and coming but still retains some of its old culture and hope that they still keep that culture uh, to, for, for the rest of your life because, believe you me, it will change like Africa once they get their cell phones and their towers and their rap music. Yes, uh, so if uh, someone was looking at what's coming down the road towards us in the next few years and their choice was to uh, stick it out through living in America or going to the Philippines, which would you suggest? Um, I would stay in parts of America personally. Okay, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. I'll be back after the following messages. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows. The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Hi folks Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix And that last caller Just to finish up Is to do with the U.S. or the Philippines, definitely, I'd pick certain places within the U.S. And this is a vast country. And if you can stand some rural living, you've got a better chance of coming through. But for some countries, obviously like the Philippines, uh, when they haven't put massive employment in there, it's cheap labor, then you know that that's slated for, for other things. There are other third world countries you can look at and, and uh, which will last longer. Um, where there is some industry going in, and that's a clue that they're not going to hammer them so so much. So you have to really do your homework if you want to move out. Eventually the U.S. will become, it already is really totalitarian. It's just that you don't see all of the bars up in front of you yet. And But it is coming because I've gone through all the laws that have been ramming through the books since 9-11, and they have more laws on the books that have ever enforced them it'll be a thousand times worse than Nazi Germany or the Soviet Union within the U.S. and most of the Western world, for that matter, because it's all the same, it's all the same anti-terrorism bills they've put through. They're identical. They tried to get them through in the 90s, and some countries objected because there was nothing really happening at that time. 
and uh, but however they brought it right back in 9-11 they needed 9-11 to get them through in fact they were already written up and drafted in every country in the west so yeah look for for a place outside the US but maybe in the Pacific or somewhere you get more chance of, of having at least some kind of normal life um, under a less totalitarian regime which is coming down the pike now for those that want more information Go into my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and you can also contact me. It doesn't mean you'll get answered because I get hundreds of emails every day. I try and read them, but I can't get back to most people. And you can get me at alanwattcuttingthrough at yahoo.com. I, as I say, I try to answer some, but with the way things are going, I'm just taking care of myself here. Um, all the basic things I have to do to live. Uh, it's impossible to sit here and, and write to everyone who writes in. Some people take the huff that I don't write back right away, and they don't realize I'm not sitting here doing this as a job. I'm doing this because it's an imperative that has to be done at this particular time because no one else is doing it. They really aren't doing it. You have many fakes out there, and, and you have leaders of, of the opposition who will just lead you in circles or make you do the wrong things at the, at the right time according to the big boys' plans. What I'm doing is different, giving you the higher education you'll be denied all your life. I'm, I'm pointing out realities, and I'm pointing out the indoctrination processes that you're all under, and I'll try to help people come through as best I can. Now, the next talk I do, I'll be reading some from The Technological Society by Jax E. Law. You can get that in paperback used for about 25 cents on various uh, bookseller sites. I'll be back on Wednesday with readings from Jacks Elol, the Technological Society, from Hamish and myself up here in Canada. It's good night. Send me your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> 